Hello, Bettys. Welcome to the show. Before we get to our guest today, I just wanted to let you know that we have such an epic list of guests coming up in March. We are talking about menopause. We're talking about autoimmunity. We're talking about muscle building. We're talking about recovery practices. And I don't want you to miss any of it. Even if you are listening to the podcast, you may not necessarily be subscribed. So you're going to have to manually go into your podcast app and press play. I would love for you to hit that subscribe button so that you are getting the podcast as they are released. It's going to make me oh so happy to know that you are a subscriber of the pod. You are officially a Betty in the Bettyverse. And of course, you are never going to miss an episode and be the first to know when it drops. Thank you so much. If you've had trauma in your past, whether it's sexual or emotional or or any kind of trauma, it can it can get uh, trapped in the vagina. One of the ways we've been talking about this is like the yoni massage and like just playing and finding it where some areas are maybe tight or tender versus other areas. It's like kind of like uh, you know I like the I like the analogy of thinking about a rose bud and like slowly opening her up. There's going to be some areas where when you peel back the petal, it's going to be a little stiffer, right? So we want to be really gentle with sort of finding these areas of tension in the vagina and. A, a penis, you know, can really, it's, I like to look as, at a penis as like a giant wand of light. It's like going into the area and shining a light on some of the areas that need some love and attention. Welcome back to The Better Podcast with yours truly, Dr. Stephanie Estima. This show is for high-performing women who want better bodies, better minds, better relationships, better sex, and better families, and want to hear from a woman that can take the complex science and make it easy to integrate into everyday life. Every week, I'll be giving you access to world-class scientists, medical doctors, plastic surgeons, professional athletes, Olympic gold medalists, Hollywood actors, parenting coaches, sex experts, and psychologists. I am always looking to answer this question. What are the simplest things that we can do today to get better tomorrow? I am part geek, part magic, and it is my mission to be the voice for women. Let's get better together. AMA number nine with my partner in shine, Miss Steffi Major. How are you doing, doing, girl? Good today. It's a beautiful day to be alive. It's a beautiful day in Toronto, and it's a beautiful day to podcast with you. I'm really excited. Are you excited about this episode? I'm so excited. I have my special cup of coffee here. This is the best way to start my day is with you. So I'm really excited. And we're going to talk all about vaginas. And I love this because (laughs) you and I, I think over the years, we've just got more and more comfortable with talking about vaginas and our menstrual period and our flow and all that stuff. And period poos. I'm like, oh, (laughs) got my period. I got my period poos. Like, oh. Yes, feeling like a yeah. feeling like a rock star. Just went to the bathroom, dropped the keys <laughs> off at the pool. And we watch all the uncomfortable faces okay. around us and we're like, mm, we're gonna make this the new normal. You wanna hang with us? <laughs> yes, Sorry, we are. There's only four no, so there's like four people now that have like they're only listening. There's only four now that are listening to us. Men are like, <laughs> what? They do when they have their period. <laughs> That's kind of secret. <laughs> Uh, best, best, best part of your period. I am a 
huge fan of the Bio Optimizers Magnesium Breakthrough. It has seven forms of magnesium, which is going to help to transform your stress and your performance and your recovery and your sleep to the next level. I'm often asked like, well, what are the types of magnesium we should be looking for? So there's magnesium chelate and citrate and bisglycinate and malate, sucrosomial, taurate and orotate. They have various effects on the body. Bisglycinate, probably the most bioavailable and most absorbable. Malate, it's found naturally in fruits, helps with migraines. Chronic pain has been shown to help improve depression. Magnesium citrate uh, helps with arterial stiffness. It helps with maintaining a healthy weight. Magnesium chelate is important for muscle building, recovery and health, the list goes on and on. You're basically getting them all in one supplement. Each supplement itself is 500 milligrams of magnesium, which I feel is such a great dosage as a great baseline for most women. I have found a beautiful medium of actually cycling my magnesium. So I actually will take one or two of these. So I'm either getting 500 milligrams or up to a gram of magnesium, depending on where I am in my cycle. So head on over to biooptimizers.com forward slash better and use code better for 10% off of any order, but make sure that the magnesium breakthrough is in your cart. Don't be fooled by the frigid temperatures. Keeping hydrated in the wintertime is super important. In colder temperatures, we sweat more due to a higher metabolic demand of trying to maintain a core body temperature. We lose more fluids and electrolytes through our urine. We lose more water through respiration and just general breathing. And our skin dries out in the wintertime as well. We are a ski family, and over this winter, we have been using Elementee's Chocolate Medley. The chocolate chai is absolutely incredible with some boiling water, a splash of milk, and my kids love the chocolate mint with some hot water. This is our apres ski. We cozy up with Element Hot After Hours on our cross-country trails. Now, for a limited time, you too can get the Element Tea Chocolate Medley and enjoy them hot as I have been doing with this exclusive insider bundle for you. When you buy three boxes of any flavor, it doesn't have to be the chocolate, it can be any of the flavors that they offer, you are going to get the fourth box free. If you head over to drinkelement.com forward slash Dr. Estima, you'll see that exclusive offer at the bottom of the page. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T.com forward slash D-R-E-S-T-I-M-A. And tell me which of the chocolate melody you love the best. All right. So um, there's a couple of things that have been happening. Like we took a long break between AMA mm-hmm. seven and eight, not intentionally. It was just mm-hmm. busy, busy, everything kind of, and we didn't put it in our calendars. So we made sure to get this AMA uh, in the books so that we could answer yes. our Betty's questions and uh, lots of good stuff. We were um, talking about this just before we started recording. Like I wanted to share a little bit about the book have we have we said the book title? I don't think yet? we have, have we but I love this because last time we talked about the photo shoot, and now we can talk about the name of yeah. the book and the decisions or the um, the things that we've been deciding for the for the cover of the book. So, do you want? Mm-hmm. Oh, you are my right hand woman too. I was like, what do you think? I need to get. You need to have. So I had like all these. Pants no, we are on. a team of four <laughs> like, with like magnifying glasses, like deep discussion on. I feel like it should be quarter millimeter to the left like we're, this is a science this is like yes. deep psychological science that we're using 
And also a lot of philosophy, which has been really great too. So, so the book, so my Bettys, um, I have named this book after you. Um, so we obviously the, you are listening to the Better Podcast. We started calling our uh, fans or our followers the Bettys, and the book, the book is drumroll please, is going to be called the Betty Body. So the Betty Body, and then the subtitle is A Geeky Goddess's Guide to Intuitive Eating, Balanced Hormones, and Transformative oh, Sex. When you say that, like, do you feel <laughs> your cells celebrating? I get like, excited. I feel a vibration. Yes. I'm like, yes, this yeah. is what the world needs. Yeah. I get excited. Oh, I got a little warm. Yeah. I think so too. And I, and I was like, oh, oh, someone bring me a fan. Uh, oh, my body. <laughs> oh, feather. Okay, why? Why is it called the Betty Body? It's called the Betty Body because, first of all, I think that we all want to feel good in our skin. And this is not about achieving a certain size. It's not about a prototype of what a woman looks like because one of the things that we know, like you and me, you know, like best friends, we look completely... I mean, there's a lot of similarities. Like people have mistaken me for you before and you for me, but our bodies are different. They work differently. We have different challenges. So it's not about a certain look, but it is about creating your own Betty body. So creating the body that feels good for you. And it has nothing to do with weight. And that's why I put intuitive eating in the subtitle. So the, if you want, if weight loss is an issue for you, I am going to show you how to do that in the book. But it's also going to be about increasing your energy, improving your brain health, because all weight loss, all sexual health, all health starts with your brain. So I put my geeky little neuroscience stuff in there. And then hormones as well, they start in the brain, right? And, we, and there's this beautiful feedback loop that comes from our reproductive organs back and forth from our brain to... Uh, to our nads and uh, <laughs> to our reproductive organs, <laughs> and you know, so I wanna I wanted to show women how you can balance your hormones, and there's something incredibly empowering that I. So for the book, I want it to be like a manifesto for what it is to be a Betty. And the journey of becoming a Betty. And it's like, you're never really done. Like you and I are in that journey to becoming Bettys. And it's all about, okay, once we've achieved what we think, we've unlocked this next level, how can we continue to move gently with grace and ease to the next, to whatever the next iteration is in our health and our personal development and our well-being? And that's kind of what this book is. It's like, here's your choose your own adventure. You have, we talk about estrogen dominance. We talk about low estrogen. We talk about high testosterone, low testosterone, progesterone too much, progesterone too little, cortisol too much. You know, we talk about all the different permutations of hormones and then how you can begin to listen to your body and not fight her anymore. Because that was my that was me forever. Yeah, it was like I'm being same, right? Like trying yeah. to be a man and try to fast like a guy and try to eat yeah. like a guy and try to train like a guy. And it would leave me you know, and I've said this publicly, like, and it, it was very true, like literally in the corner, I had cleaned out the pantry and I was like, what the hell is wrong with me? Mm -hmm. So I want to use my learning, 
both per, from my own personal life, but also in my clinical practice and the experience, you know, the the clinical experience that I have to shorten the learning curve for other Bettys, you know, oh, other okay. other women who are like, you know what, I do, I deserve to feel good. I deserve to feel good. Yes. Um, so that's what the book is about in a, in kind of a nutshell. Yeah, I see being a Betty. It's like it's a commitment. It's a commitment to myself. It's a commitment to my growth, to my body. It's my commitment to other Bettys, to showing them, hey, have you heard about this? Have you read this chapter in this book? Like it's about passing on that knowledge to to other women and other Bettys. And I'm just so excited for it to come out. I have to say, I'm a huge fan of the content of the book, but that cover. Oh, I'm so excited about the cover. So we, okay, so we have to tell our Bettys. So first, the first iteration, we had the book cover designer. She gave us two options. One was me sort of off to the side. So you could sort of see half of my body Mm -hmm. on the... So I've just... uh, That's the other thing. I've put my face and my body on the cover, (laughs) which is like... It's very similar to when I was in figure. It's like, okay, so I'm going to get up in front of 500 people in a bikini and you are going to judge me. (laughs) So this is kind of the same thing. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm actually doing it. (laughs) So we had two options. One was me off to the side and one was me in the center. So when we got the first book design covers, I had sent it to you. I sent it to Giovanni. I sent it to Ashley, uh, who's on our team. And me and Ashley were team side. We were like, you know what? It actually looked like... Aesthetically, I really like how it... Like I'm sort of half on the page, right? Yeah. And then you okay. Had- was it just aesthetic or was there a part of you? Okay, fine. There was, there was totally a part of me that was like, I can hide. <laughs> <laughs> it's like half of me doesn't have to be on there. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Oh God, Major, y'all call me out, yeah. eh? Like y'all, you know. <laughs> and then there was team show yourself, which yeah. is me and Giovanni, and we're like, yep. no. And Gio put it in the perfect way. What did Giovanni say? I can't, I can't, I'm going to paraphrase, but he said something like, you know, you have been off to the side like your whole life. Like this is like, you have to put this woman, this Betty front and center. It was like, if any of you've ever seen Dirty Dancing, so I'm totally like, this is like my favorite movie when I was younger. It's like Patrick Swayze comes up to Jennifer Grey and she's like with, she's like with her family. It's like the last scene. And it's like, nobody puts a baby in the corner. You know, it's like, it's like, it was that, right? It was like, don't put her off to the side. You have to be front and center. You have to show who you are and be MFing proud of it as well. This is something you're working towards every single day. You like in the middle of that cover aesthetically, I think is beautiful because I love symmetry but just the power move in that and just it's, it's a so power bold. pose it's, it's a, a power, power pose like hands pose. on your hips like yeah it's a, it's a power pose yeah and it's like i'm putting my stake in the sand this is my betty body mm-hmm. yeah okay there's a few other things there were um the placement of the title that that yes. was that was a big one big one for me because the way that some of the wording was it really covered your chest mm-hmm. and your neck like there was the the betty and it was kind of covering it like a necklace like you couldn't really see it like you can see like the muscles you can see anything yeah yeah and mm-hmm. and that to me is like no this is a fully expressed woman do not be covering up her throat chakra and her chest like that oh. is beaming out to the world right your heart yeah. and your and your throat chakra fully expressed woman like let that let that show so for me i was like no Cannot. Cannot. Down. 
<laughs> so when you go, when when you guys see the book cover, you'll see that the so it's called the Betty Body, and then the Betty Body is actually sort of just underneath the boobs, right? It kind of goes across like my tummy, and part of that reasoning was for the throat and the heart chakra because and those are as a woman, and I I have this experience because I work with clients one on one, and just in my experience being a woman, these are the two areas. I mean, we can talk about sacral and root as well, but right. I would say like throat and heart, these are the ones that are blocked. And for me, when you were doing the Reiki, mm-hmm. the, the times that you've done Reiki on me, mm-hmm. it's always been those two pieces that you know I felt really heavy. There's been a lot of release there. It's, there's been a lot of stuff. So I definitely wanted the chest area to also be open and like facing facing the Betty who's picking up that book. Yeah. And that dress. I'm like, I'm sorry. Did you hear the last episode? Do you know what we went through to get to this dress? Like we are not covering it up. I know. It's like, you will not opaque out this dress. I know. There's like, there was another dress that exploded for this dress to be here today. We cannot cover up the top of this fabulous dress. Like this dress wanted to be seen. So we need to show her off. Yeah. Um, what else? Okay, the colors. The colors, I'm having a hard time. We just got the we latest. We still haven't decided. At the time of this recording, we actually still have not. Just, I think I have a favorite. Mm-hmm. Um, so right So right now, the options are like a, a sky, like not a sky blue, but it's um, like, like a, a turquoise. Teal, like a teal turquoise. Yeah. yeah, it's tealy turquoise in the background against a purple dress. And then my the other one that I really love, and we haven't even talked about this internally at the team yet, is the hot pink. Okay. Like I love same, the same. hot pink. The middle like the, one, right? The middle, the middle one. Yeah, yes. the second one. So there's mm-hmm. like three versions of pink that they sent us. And I was like, you know what? This reminds me of... Um, do you know Madonna's um, Material Girl yeah. video where yeah, she's yeah, in yeah. that beautiful like Marilyn Monroe. It's like that mm-hmm. pink and it's against the pink background. And she has like black gloves. I'm like, okay, this is the kind of pink that I want on the, on the cover. Yeah. This beautiful pink. And pink is also very... You know, it's very feminine. There's also, you know, a lot of toys, a lot of sexual toys. And like, if you're being sexually, you know, like if you're playing and being flirty, there's that pink. Pink is kind of like red, you know, it's very, uh, it can have a sexual uh, undertone to it as well. So I like, I really like the pink. And I think that's kind of my number, that's my favorite yeah. one. Um, and then the blue yeah. is like a number. It's like it's like Biden and Trump. It's like fifty point one to forty nine point nine. Like it's like I just I love I love both of them so much. It's not a clear winner, but I think the pink is sort of like squeaked ahead. It, there's like uh, little... the pink for me has for a few different reasons. Again, it's uh, heart chakra is pink, and the purple is intuition. So your mm. third eye chakra. So I really love the power of like the woman's heart with the woman's intuition. So I Mm. like that energy. Um, And that's a blue color that we've used before in our four. Like, you know what I mean? Like we had the clinic and that was the color of the clinic. And I'm like, I still like that color. It's still beautiful. But is there a new color that fits... Yeah, who Dr. Stephanie Betty is now. So that's I mean, look at my office. It's all pink. There's pink everywhere. Like I have a pink cup. I have a pink. uh, There's pink everywhere. I love pink. Okay, we had we had someone over to the house last week and and they looked at your kitchen and they went, Of course you have pink <laughs> pots pink. and pans. <laughs> I have pink cast iron and I have pink. You just looked around. at them and went, Of course, of course. Oh of my course gosh. you have this. And I have a pink yeah. um what's that thing called? Um the KitchenAid, the uh, 
it's escaping me. The the blender, the thing that mm. I make my flour in and stuff. Yeah, I love pink. It's always been kind of my even as a girl, like a little girl, I love pink. Pink and blue are my two favorite colors. Yeah. Oh, so it's so exciting. So the Bettys are going to be able to read read that book, be involved in the book, but there's so much more that you're creating. Do you want to even hint? at it a little bit. It's coming okay. soon. Let's tell them. Yeah, let's tell them. So this this episode is actually dropping on my birthday. So happy mm. birthday to me. And I think by the time that we have this episode out, we are also going to have our membership. So um, we are starting the Hello Betty Club. So... Hello Betty. It's like it's again like naming it after my like naming it after the fans of the podcast, naming it after that pursuit of becoming Betty. Um so Hello Betty is going to be so I so just for people who uh, may not know, I've run a nutrition program for the past well, like five years, six years. So there's like a ketogenic component. And then of course we always do. So you follow the ketogenic component with the menstrual cycle sinking. So there's keto and protein cycling based on where you are in your period or in your cycle. And so there's that piece. And I love that. Like I am, mm-hmm. I mean, you know me major. I'm like the biggest yeah. metabolic geek that yeah. I that I know. Mm-hmm. And so that is that is going to be a big piece of that program. Program. But one of the things that I'm always asked is, okay, well, does your program include fitness? And the answer is no. And does your program include any mindset? And there is a lot of mindset work that I've embedded into the nutrition program, yeah. but I think I actually want to pull that out and make it its own vertical. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about, I mean, you and I talk about like moon cycles and being lunatics and rever- you know, the reverence that we have for the moon and how women are the women are the moon, men are the sun. So in the Hello Betty membership, we are going to have a food piece, right? So it's going to be how to eat like a woman, how to fast like a woman. Here's some new recipes based on, you know, the time of year. Here's some, you know, keto Christmas, you know, pie, or here's some paleo, here's some like higher protein meals. So there's going to be video content that I'm going to be shooting every single month where there's new food, new stuff. So it's always fresh. And then we're going to do fitness, which is... And fitness under that sort of vertical of fitness is all the resistance training that I'm always talking about. There's going to be zone two training, which I love to talk about, high intensity interval training. And then we're also going to incorporate a lot of my chiropractic background in terms of rehabilitation. So Mm, rehabbing the spine, flexibility, mobility. These things are also very important as we age to keep our joints really healthy. So there's there's going to be new content there every month. So there's all Fs, right? So I've named them like food, fitness, there's feminine. So in feminine, we're going to have a little bit of fun. It's going to be like clean beauty, clean makeup. Uh, It's going to be fashion, which I think is really fun. And then also what we were just talking about, like how we can increase our intuition, how we can become more connected to Mother Earth, to the moon, how to understand our cycles from a supplementation point of view, from a um, emotional point of view, when we journal, when we when do you charge your crystals, you know, all these different things mm. that are very beautifully and uniquely um, feminine. And then the other F is going to be like more frame. We're calling it frameworks right now because I wanted to start with an F. But this is this is all like mindset, soul set, learning how to fall in love with yourself, like learning yes. about your limit, like where you hold yourself back. Why do you maybe always start a diet and fail? It's not because your body doesn't know how to do it. It's there's something that's getting in your way. So there's you know unpeeling of the onion 
you know, opening up the rosebud, right? So there's going to be crying, like just like when you open up an onion, but as you get closer to the heart of the, as you get closer to the rosebud, the center of it, of course, you get to know yourself much more. Your relationship with yourself is I mean, honestly, there's um, there's a feminist poet, uh, Audrey Lourde, and I'm going to paraphrase her quote, but she says something to the effect of taking care of yourself is not an indulgent act. It's actually an, it's an act of political warfare. <laughs> like oh. as a woman to take care of yourself, to put your stake in the sand and say, I'm actually going to learn about myself so that I can take care of myself and divorce myself from this patriarchal world order that we all mm. live in, where we're all told that you have to be skinny over, you know, and after you're 40, you know, you're washed up, you're nothing. And we're just going to actually throw all that crap away. And mm. we're going to reconnect with ourselves because in my opinion, Women are like wine. We get better as we age. You just know who you are. You feel sexy as you age. And I think there's something to be said about sensuality and sexuality as we age as well, because we just know what we like. We know our bodies a little bit better, better. right? Mm -hmm. And then you can just have way more fun in the bedroom, whether that's with yourself or that's with a partner. So we also talk about the other F, which I won't say, so we don't get in... (laughs) So you don't get an explicit... So I doesn't have to go beep, 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 beep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My podcast producer is going to be like, oh my God. Yeah. So there's another F that we're going to be talking about quite a bit. And that's feminine. Mm-hmm. We'll call it sexuality or sensuality. So that's Hello Betty. That's going to be... That's oh. going to be... By the time this um, comes out, uh, it should be in at least in beta. And then it will be ready to go 100% by January. I love that because you and I have both been on these journeys and it's great. Like we can like learn our things, explore with things, experiment with things and learn it. But when you learn that and you know it's working for you, it's time to teach and it's time to pass it on. And what I really would have loved looking back is a community of people that are doing it with me without you can talk about. Yeah, Yeah. totally. That's what women need. That's another thing. Women need female friendships. That has come up so much in our AMAs, Mm -hmm. right? It's like, what about female friendships and how do I find them? And when do I know when to let them go? Like these questions come up all the time for us. And I think it's because we we have this patriarchal you know, world order, I call it the PWO, right? The page where we are taught to be afraid of Mm -hmm. each other or to keep other women at arm's length and like, oh, she's going to like go after my man or my house or my thing or my that. And we're so like, what's the word? Like we're taught to fear each other rather than to bond together like sisters. So that's actually something I really want to change as well is how we actually view other females and yeah. it's only when you do your own work, right? It's only when you can do your own work that you can be open and um, and and ready for female friendships that are healthy and supportive yes. and uplifting and abundant. So yeah, and we think that that journey is like shameful or embarrassing, but it's not. Like I think I remember us whispering to each other, like, "Hey, I really want to get into my feminine. What do you think? Like, is that yeah. you know?" Yeah. But how fun to just declare it out loud and be like, "You know what? I'm living too much in my masculine right now. I want to dip into my feminine. I want better balance." Like that should be conversations that we're having, that we're supporting each other through. So I can't, I can't wait for the for the Hello Betty Club and just those. Betty's lifting each other up. I just see it so clearly. And I'm really, really excited. And to have that book to read and to just like dip your toes into this Betty lifestyle. Hopefully it becomes your Betty Bible, the new Bible, the one that was written for women. (laughs) 
So good. Okay. Are we getting into... So on that note, let's talk all about vaginas. (laughs) All of our questions, all of our AMAs are on vaginas today. Well, not all of them, but a lot of it, a lot of, a lot of this content is going to be how to take care of your vagina today. Can't wait. Okay. So let's just, let's just jump right in. What is vaginitis? Yeast infections? What are they? Tell us about them. Okay. So this is, before we just jump into this, I want to say that these questions came from our better, in our better community on Facebook. Mm -hmm. So if you are someone who has a question, whether it's about your vagina or someone else's vagina or any, maybe it doesn't have to be about vaginas. It has (laughs) to be about any, anything. um, Please come into our Facebook group. So it's better with an exclamation point community. It's free. um, And then this is where we field our questions from. So um, this this series of questions um, came from, I believe her name is Nadine. She's uh, she's like, I, I love all the questions she asked here. So vaginitis is, um, it is a, it's, it's sort of a general term. So it's used to, expl- it's used to depict any type of inflammation. So anything when you see itis at the end of it, mm-hmm. Just means inflammation of whatever the um, whatever the root word is. So vaginitis is inflammation of the vagina. Um, it's most often caused by some kind of infection. So we always have to do a differential here. Um, we always want to make sure that uh, this is not a you know bacterial vaginosis. It's not candida. Uh, there's trico. What is it? Trichomoniasis. I think I'm going to say yeah. that wrong. But there's like sort of the you have this DDX that you have to kind of run through. But nor the one of the ways that you might know that you have irritation. And I, and I also should, should just say that when we're saying vagina, we're not talking about the out exterior part. That's called your vulva. It's the mm-hmm. interior. It's the canal, if you will. That's the, that's the vagina. So when we're talking about this, uh, it's like changes in the vaginal pH. So your vagina is actually pretty acidic. She's like a hostile bitch. She doesn't want things yep. going in there. She doesn't want bacteria or invading pathogens to come in there. So uh, things like rough sex uh, can change the pH. It can inf- it can inflame the tissue there. Uh, an allergic reaction. Uh, there could be laundry detergents or soaps or like perfumes mm. that you're using, uh, whether that's in the shower or whatnot, that can actually irritate the, the internal skin there. Um, feminine like you know pads and tampons. Those things can also yeah. uh, irritate the vagina. Um, latex. If you have an allergy to latex and you're using latex condoms, that can be a source of it. Um, so, and like sometimes the condoms are uh, coated with like, um, like spermicidal stuff. Yeah, like, or like so, flavor, like those flavored kind right, of. Right. Like, yeah, what, yeah, yeah. okay. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> like, ew. <laughs> exactly. So anything that's, fl- anything that's uh, perfumed, anything that's like fragranced, yeah. Yeah. you really want, this is a highly absorptive area. So um, this is why soaps, you know, there's like a lot of, um, and I'm not not knocking on um, Gwyneth mm-hmm. Paltrow, although I am a little bit. Like she comes out with these like candles that are like, this smells like my vagina. Like your vagina is pretty acidic. It should normally have a pH of about 4.7. It should smell not like uh, whatever's in her candles, like the right and whatever she's put in there, like sandalwood and whatever. It should smell kind of like yogurt, right? Yogurt actually yeah. has the same... Yeah. Like full fat yogurt actually has the same pH um, and it should smell a little bit like that. Like that would be a normal uh, odor, if you will. So I am so anti-douching, anti-douching. Um, 
you know, internal cleaning of the vagina because it is a self-cleaning oven. We'll talk about that. But if you are, if you think you have vaginitis, uh, there may be a change in the odor, right? Or the secretions, like the um, the vaginal secretions, they may be yellow or green when normally they should be like white or cleared, kind of depending on where you are in your cycle. Um, and then the texture of the secretions also like the discharge might change. So normally... Well, we've actually done an AMA on cervical discharge or vaginal mm-hmm. discharge. I think it was AMA number two, which we'll put oh, a yeah, link. Yeah, that to. was really early on. Yeah, yeah. So we'll I'll put a link if you guys want to go back and listen to that. But anything where like the discharge is like kind of like cheese, like cottage cheese, like or thick or chunky, this is not normal. Um, right. So that might be an indication of some sort of infection there. The other thing I wanted to mention with vaginitis is this actually happens in little girls a lot as well. So mm-hmm. in younger girls uh, who are just learning, you know, when they kind of move from diapers to uh, being potty trained or even a little older than that, when they're going to the bathroom themselves, they may be wiping, Mm. uh, you know, after going to the bathroom incorrectly. So we always want to tell our little girls, uh, you don't want to wipe back to front, right? So where there can be contamination from bacteria coming from the colon and the anus, you want to be wiping front to back. Um, So, and then for girl, like little girls, uh, if they're, if they're complaining of like, it hurts when they go pee, uh, it hurt, like that area is sensitive or hurting for them. You want to help them by avoiding like bubble baths and like all this fragrant stuff that can actually irritate Mm -hmm. the vagina. But you also want to like allow them to wear looser clothing. Don't put them in leggings, you know, let them sleep naked, which is, you know, just to allow the area to sort of like, like I said, the vagina is a self-cleaning oven. So you want to let her air out a little bit. Yeah. There's a lot of like thongs are super popular in younger girls now and skinny jeans and tighter clothes or people staying in their workout gear long after they've worked out. Oh yeah, that's a really good that's a really good point. Yeah, yeah. That so all of that. So you mm-hmm. want to change out of your workout gear. You want to and especially for girls like I you know, I'm a really big fan of be, having an open and honest dialogue with with our children. Like I've said yeah. on podcasts before, like my sons have asked me about, you know, masturbation and like they're peeing like they want to show me like yeah. is this normal? Like I'm peeing out of this hole in my penis. Is that where I'm supposed to? It's like, yes, honey, that's where you you know, so they have all these questions. But mm-hmm. for for girls um, we don't want to over-sexualize them, right? Like putting them in these like super tight dresses and super skinny jeans and leggings, like they don't, I mean, yeah. unless, unless if it's like really loose, breathable clothing, you know, we want to let our little girls be little, little girls. So, mm-hmm. so that's kind of, uh, that's sort of vaginitis in a, uh, in a, in a nutshell. Um, one, some of the things that you can do if you are, I mean, I would just say that this is, you know, generally good practice is to have probiotic rich foods in your diet because you, yeah. we know that the oral microbiome, the gut microbiome, the vaginal microbiome, all the microbiomes are connected. So as you are putting in healthy bacteria into the top of the system mm. <laughs> through the mouth, you're yeah. also going to get it in the pelvic cavity. You're going to get all of that, right? So we want to be eating probiotic rich foods. The hygiene, you know, obviously we talked about like teaching our girls, like wiping front to back, not back to front. Do not douche. Like this is... I just hate, I just, I just hate this idea that we have to like smell a certain way or like, you Mm -hmm. know, it's like your vagina has its own odor. And like I said, it should smell kind of like yogurt. Uh, It doesn't need to smell like sandalwood and blossoms and cherries and whatever stupid crap they're trying to peddle you. Um, 
So, and that's why I would say to track your cycles to so that you can get really familiar and know what your vagina smells like, what the Mm -hmm. discharge is like throughout your cycle. So you know your own baseline, your own kind of normal. Oh, when I'm ovulating, it's like this. So that you can know or detect when something is changing before it becomes like a full-blown infection. Like you can start really knowing your own vagina. Oh, it looks like this. Oh, it's more swollen at this time. Or just be comfortable with knowing what what it looks like, smells like. Okay, here's a little here's a little yeah. challenge. Let's do a little yeah. challenge. So, Betty's who are listening, your challenge this week is to take a hand mirror and to say hello to your little friend. So, to, you know, <laughs> to put it between your legs, you know, private time in the bathroom yeah. and just like kind of look at her and see like what kind of comes up for you, right? Yeah. Um I mean, we're gonna we're gonna have a whole segment on this in the Hello Betty Club in terms of getting to know your your best friend, your vagina, your powerful manifester. Um, yes. But I think that this is really important. So skip the douching, um, you know, mild like unscented, just like mm-hmm. water and soap. That's all you need. Uh, if you are irritated, I would also skip like the Brazilian, right? Like skip the wa- mm-hmm. like the super waxed. Um, uh, you know, where there's no hair because then you're going to have the skin, a lot of the skin rubbing, there's going to be chafing and then that can also pr- right. present another source of irritation. Um, and then obviously if you're, if you're, you know, doing any hair removal, uh, especially like hair removal creams, like keep it away from the opening of the vagina, right? That's going right. to just, that's just going to hurt like a mother. Okay. So how is vaginitis different than yeast infections? Let's jump into yeast infections. And I don't know about you, but the only time I've ever had Two times in my life, I had a yeast infection. Both times was when I was pregnant with my girls. Each oh, that's one of interesting. Them. That's interesting. Interesting, right? So yeah. I'm like, oh, is there something? It must be hormone related or something changed during that time. But that's the only time I've ever had a yeast infection. So... Yeah. So one of the differentials, like if mm-hmm. your if your vagina is hurting, like what we were just talking about, one of the differentials is yeast, a yeast infection. So um, basically, yeast is like an over a yeast infection is an overgrowth of candida. A lot of women, like you just said, will will complain of only certain times where they will get a yeast infection. So a woman who's not pregnant might say, you know what, around my bleed week, like I'm always. I'm always getting a yeast infection on my period. Um, so do periods cause yeast infections? Well, the answer is no, but mm. it, but being on your period, like there is a change in the um, alkalinity or the, or the, the level of acidity or alkalinity in the, in the, in the vagina. So when you're on your period, um, it, the environment becomes more alkaline, which can be uh, uh, an environment where yeast can thrive, right? Um, and then, of course, menstruation is going to alter, like you were saying, like the hormonal balance uh, mm-hmm. of the entire system, the local immunity uh, in and around the vagina, if it is less acidic, right? So the acid actually kills any type of invading mm-hmm. organism. Right, like four point five to four point seven is sort of normal pH for the uh, for the internal environment in the vagina. So if you are um, on your period, you are you tend to be more alkaline, right? So there's just mm-hmm. that opportunity, and the same might be true with the progesterone. It'd be interesting. I have to look and see if like the progesterone uh, in pregnancy, if that's like a common thing. I'm not. I, I I'm gonna. I'll, I'll come back to that. I'll put yeah. it in the show notes. I'll make sure that I get mm-hmm. that in the show notes. Um. 
So for a yeast infection, it's kind of the same thing, like, you know, probiotic rich foods because yeast and bacteria, um, they're, they're competitors for the same food sources. So when you are putting more bacteria in the system, more healthy bacteria, like in sauerkraut and kimchi and, you know, yogurt that's not sweetened, um, you know, pickle, all these sort of fermented types of fermented beets, all that stuff. When you are putting in more bacteria, you're going to keep the yeast in check. Right? right, so um, I would put be putting in more uh, probiotics into your diet, uh, like you were saying, avoiding the thongs, avoiding uh, tampons is another. Mm. We're going to touch on tampons, I think, today yes. to tampon or not to tampon, but um, tampons um, can aggravate that because there's no ability for the vagina to clear. Um, and then if you're on your period, of course, you want to be changing the products that you're using m- more frequently, right? So uh, if you're using a cup, you want to be you know, emptying out the cup like at, at a minimum of like once every two to three hours. At, same thing with a pad. I mean, I know that if you're... I'm, I'm not a huge fan of pads, but if you are using that, um, you want to be changing it um, at the very minimum every three hours. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know some like people will say four hours, but it's like that's a really long time to have the same yeah. thing on your on your vulva. Yeah. So um yeah, and I would say, you know, pain with urination, that cottage cheese type of discharge. Um, it's thick, right? Like the discharge is kind of thick and and, and chunky. Um, and you just feel generally inflamed, usually a sign of a yeast infection. So what what would you? What would be your? What would be your protocol? What would you start with? Would you look into the natural remedies? Would you go to the pharmacy and pick up something over the counter? What would? What are you? What's your Where Betty recommendation? My Betty, my best <laughs> Betty recommendation. Yeah, I would say I would say it's actually a combination of both. Like yeast infections hurt like a mother, right? Yeah. So yeah. you know, I'm not opposed to you know getting some canestin or whatever, and 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 helping alleviate the symptoms. But Mm. then, so that's kind of like, there's a short-term goal and then there's a long-term goal, right? So the one thing is like, you know, you don't want to be like waddling down the street. So I'm okay with you getting some monostat or whatever it is. Mm. But then I want you to be taking a long-term view to say, how can I prevent this from happening again? I love that. Lowering lowering your sugar because we know when you are having high carbohydrates, especially simple carbohydrates, it's just basically sugar for opportunistic uh, pathogens, right? Like like candida. Yeah. You're just feeding the yeast, and you know when we were talking to David Sinclair, and I know we didn't talk about vaginas with him, but we talked about his all of his work in yeast and. You give the yeast sugar and it grows, right? It grows and it grows and it grows and it grows. The same thing with bacteria. You give bacteria, you give it sugar and it grows and it grows and it grows and it grows. So we want to be eating a carbohydrate appropriate diet. Low carb is preferred here. If you are someone who is a repeat offender, like you've had multiple, you've had multiple um, yeast infections, um, the probiotic rich, especially around your period, like upping the veggies, the the green leafy vegetables, and the um, the fiber content in and around your period, and those probiotic foods are going to be super important for more of a long-term view. Oh, okay. So you touched on it a little bit. Tampons or no tampons. Let's talk about that. I don't like tampons. I gotta yeah. be, I just don't like them. I think um, now there's not, not a lot of hard evidence, but when we think about tampons and we think about like just sanitary napkins, like just the pads or whatever. Why do they call it napkins? Actually, why do I say that? Mm. I hate that sanitary napkin. Ew. <laughs> anyway, um, and like, can we talk about why it's all blue in the commercials? Like, I don't bleed blue. I'm not a Smurf. So, 
<laughs> anyway, moving right along. So I, it's a highly absorptive area. Like I said this before, like, you know, you have a tampon, which is bleached in... It's bleach. So you're putting bleach in your cooch. You're, you know, there's mm-hmm. like, you know, the cotton is probably GM, like there's pesticide residue on there. And I, I just don't like it. I think that a better option would be to invest in like a silicon cup. Yeah. So like a Dixie cup, there's like many of them now. Dixie is the one that I think it's like, you know, has that first mover advantage. Like it was one of the first ones. So the only one I'll ever say is Dixie, but there's like many, if you go on Amazon and you just put silicone menstrual cup. Wait, Diva, Diva, isn't it Dixie oh, cup? Sorry, sorry, tiny sorry. Little... Oh my God. What am I saying? <laughs> oh my God. Redacted. That you do not put a Dixie cup in. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, so my doctor was saying I should put a Dixie cup in there. Okay. No, no. Oh my God. I'm. So, you're right. Diva cup. You're right. Diva I don't, cup. Why did I say that? Ah. Okay. Diva cup. Diva, diva, diva. D-I-V-A. D-I-V-A. Not Dixie. <laughs> oh, Betty's. I have to finish this coffee. Clearly it hasn't kicked in yet. Um. So diva cup. Just look up silicon uh, menstrual cup. There's many options. Yeah. One of them is not going to be a Dixie cup. It is yeah. going to be Eva and otherwise. So I, I'm, a, I'm a huge fan of that. There's also, if you're not into, it, it, you know, if you, and it, it's a little bit of an investment upfront, right? Like it's a little bit more expensive, but then mm-hmm. that's the only thing you're ever going to use, right? Like so there's yeah. been, I, I have patients who've had Dixie cups, oh my God, Diva cups for, oh my God, now it's in my head. Ah, Diva cup for years that have used it four years, five years, right? So, you know, you're not investing in tampons every month or pads every month. The other thing, if you're, if you don't want to use a diva or um, uh, if you want to use like pads, they have reusable uh, Mm. pads. So you can, it's kind of like with reusable diapers for children. Like they have kind of the, the equivalent for, uh, for menstruation. There's like sanitary, like reusable sanitary pads, or if you're not quite ready for that yet, then they also just have cleaner versions of the pad, right? right? Mm -hmm. Where it's like a hundred percent cotton. There's no bleaching. There's no pesticide residue. Um, and that's, you know, again, like it's a quick search on any online retailer and you can probably get yourself some, uh, to try. I've even seen some panties. I think that like, yeah, yeah, yeah. To absorb the, mm. the, and then you just wash them and reuse them. I've not used them myself. I'm a Diva Cup uh, tampon combo kind of user. So I just try to reduce. Actually, COVID has been beautiful for this to start. I just use the cup more often than ever because I'm home and I don't have that. Oh no, am I gonna, is it going to spill? Oh no, will the washroom have like a sink near it where I can clean it out properly? So mm-hmm. yeah. being home, I use my cup as much as I can. And then if I'm going out somewhere and I don't even want to think about my period, then I'll use like a great quality tampon and, mm-hmm. and that's what I use. So great. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I am incredibly bullish on sauna as a therapy for recovery, heart health, and overall aging well. 
I personally decided on an infrared sauna from Sunlighten because of the range of far wavelengths and near infrared wavelengths that it offers. Saunas help with detoxification and rejuvenation to rid your body of toxins. It helps with heart health by improving circulation, reducing blood pressure, and helping keep the arteries supple. It helps with muscle recovery by easing the tension and soreness to recover faster. And of course, stress reduction with the warmth and the relaxation of sitting in a sauna. It's crucial for hormonal balance and achieving a state of well-being necessary for a strong physique and a strong mind. If you visit sunlighten.com slash better and use code better to get a discount, that is sunlighten, S-U-N-L-I-G-H-T-E-N.com slash B-E-T-T-E-R and use code better at checkout. Okay. So mm, this is interesting. What types Uh, What tips, practices, supplements suggested for increasing vaginal health? Well, the first thing is don't wash your vagina, as I was saying. Um, I like to think of, I like to think of our vaginas as a self-cleaning oven. You set it and forget it. And then you come back, you know, you come back a couple hours later and you know that your oven is going to be clean. And that's exactly what your vagina does. So I really don't like douches, anything internal, any fragrances. I don't like anything like that. Um, so the, and when we think about how it's a self-cleaning oven, you know, like those natural secretions, right? Like the discharge that you see, that's actually how she cleans herself, how she's constantly cleaning herself. So, uh, your vagina obviously contains hopefully a lot of good bacteria. You have a good probiotic rich diet and, you know, that bacteria is going to help maintain the pH, like that slightly acidic, mm-hmm. um, pH in the vagina. and um, that one makes it difficult for organisms to enter. And when you are doing things like, you know, putting fragrance and all that wash, it's going to disrupt those bacteria. So you really want to kind of leave them alone. And then, like I was saying, the natural secretions that you have through the month, um, are also like, she's constantly cleaning herself. She's like a cat, right? Yeah. Like you see the cat, she's like constantly licking herself. Like she's always clean, self-cleaning. So you don't need to clean. The other, you know, when we're thinking about vaginal health, the other thing, and we talked about this with Kim Anami when she was on uh, the podcast, and we'll put a link in the show notes for her. Mm -hmm. But I think that there is a time and a place for jade eggs or what I would refer to as vaginal weightlifting. Mm. So... Mm -hmm. I know there's been a lot of controversy around that, you know, Gwyneth Paltrow, we're talking about vaginas. So Gwyneth Paltrow is making an appearance in our, in our conversation, but she got a lot of flack for recommending jade eggs. And there was a, um, I think it was an OB-GYN, I think she's an OBGYN, Dr. Jen Gunter uh, was highly critical of this article and of jade eggs in general. And I think her opinion uh, was that there's bacteria that mm-hmm. if you don't wash it off the jade egg, you're just like re like it can kind of get you know in the yeah. nooks and crannies of the jade egg, and then if you're constantly reinserting that into the vagina, then you are going to be reintroducing this bacteria into the vagina. So I don't totally agree with that because when you look at a jade egg, if you get a good quality jade that's egg, the, that's the quality. It's the quality. I read. I've read the same thing about the jade rollers, and that you mm. need a good quality. If not, it's very porous, and that's yeah. when the bacteria gets tra- trapped in it more easily. So, hundred percent quality. So good quality, non-porous jade egg, and of course, you're washing it with warm water and soap after you use it. But if you are not, so this is the thing. 
Um, if you were to go to the gym and say, you know what, I want to build up my upper body strength. Like I'm a woman, I want to be able to do push-ups, and you just kind of like flailed your arms around, you know, and it's like, okay, yeah, I did my, you know, if you were to like do bicep curls without any resistance, did you actually do anything? Like you maybe you worked a little bit on joint lubrication, but when yeah. when the specific when the specific goal is to build strength. And this is particularly true of women who, as we age, we tend to lose strength everywhere, right? We know that, you know, globally in the body, we lose strength. We lose it in the vagina, like the the, the, the muscle of the vagina because, you know, the vagina is a muscle. Yeah. Um, so you have to train it against resistance. And I remember, um, and I, I was talking to Kim about this, when we, when I have gone to like, I remember posting a picture on Instagram about me jumping around at like, I would take my kids to a trampoline park mm-hmm. and we were like doing like, I was like jumping up and down and whatever. And like, I had so many moms, like friends who were moms were like, Oh my God, I could never do that. Or I would like yeah. pee my pants. Like I would mm-hmm. literally wet myself. And it's like, okay, so here's a, here's a, an argument for why Kegels don't work. Cause you can, you can use Kegels. Like you can, you know, in the same way that when you first start weight training, you might just use your body weight, right? Like you might just do a squat using your own body weight, but at some point, you know, you're going to need to progress, you know, in order to continue building that strength, you're going to need to hold some dumbbells. So if you're just constantly kegling, it's the same as like me going to the gym and flailing my arms everywhere. Like I have no feedback. Like you need Mm -hmm. feedback, right? Like you need to be Mm -hmm. able to be like, oh, that's a heavy weight. Like that's good. So... So for the moms who are listening, um, who are like, oh my God, if I went to a trampoline park, that's like my worst nightmare. Post-pregnancy, and even even if you're not a mom, but you're just like in the in your 40s or 50s that are right. listening, you know, when you when when you don't train your vagina, when you don't weight lift with your vagina, it can mm-hmm. lead to things like organ prolapse, like your bladder literally falling. And there's been, I've worked with some women where their bladder was exterior, it was outside right. of right. Uh, their canal post-birth, uh, urinary incontinence, really, really big one, uh, numbness or desensitization in the vagina, which I actually want to talk a little bit about today. I think mm. it's so important for women in terms of our sexual pleasure. Um, but if you have, if your vagina is not strong, you're all you're you're not going to enjoy sex as much. And like mm-hmm. that's your birthright, you know, as a woman, you should be enjoying your romp in the sheets with your with your bow. Yeah. And like, how fun is it to give them a little squeeze and watch this reaction, right? Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Like the trick. That's the move. (laughs) So Kim, actually, what she says is you should be able to shoot ping pongs out of your vagina. And I'm like, yeah, that's a Betty goal that I have. I can't do that quite yet. But there's like lots of squeezing that's going on. And you can like like completely change the Mm -hmm. pleasure that you are imparting to your partner because they can feel it. They can totally feel it. So okay, I have to tell you something talking about kegels you're gonna love this so that last weekend i got um i became a reiki master and and um oh i love this so much so there's a part of the practice where you're building energy in order to give it to the other person and Mm -hmm. part of doing that is one putting your tongue at the roof of your mouth but also tightening, like doing a Kegel flex. And with that, you're building the energy and you're building the power within you in order to release it. But I was like, yes, 
there's so much power, power there. And I, I thought about you when I was learning that. I'm like, oh, this is such like a fun practice and just a way to feel super feminine and, and honor that power is like squeezing it and let it and let it build. So yeah, I love that you said that. And I and I think that, you know, that kundalini energy, um, what I think is what you're describing, mm-hmm. right? So we can, yes, we'll talk exactly. about this when it comes to when we when we think about menopause, because what happens in menopause is you start to get this kundalini energy that's rising and you can activate it. Like I've told you this, mm-hmm. I don't know if I've ever mentioned this publicly, but I'll just say it. Um, when I've done some meditations, and I actually reached out to Emily Fletcher, uh, who's also been on the podcast when this was happening, when I would meditate and then I would start rocking back and forth. And then I would start feeling this energy like coming up from my womb, like from mm-hmm. my sacrum, from my vagina, coming up into my body. And this is like that Kundalini energy rising. And you can, I love what you're saying when you're, when you, when you flex, right? Like when you squeeze Mm -hmm. the vagina, that's how you can actually start to move that Kundalini energy. And, um, and uh, I'll just give you a little like word etiology. So Kunta, you know, we think of the, you know, when we think of a derogatory word that is often when we, when we think about female anatomy, Uh right? It's, C-U-N-T, right? Yeah. You think of that word. But kunta is actually, it's the same, it's the same uh, word etiology. It actually just means, you know, it actually just means womb. So kunta is like kant, uh, lini, yoga, right? That's actually uh, where the word originates from. So when you think, I mean, now it's like a derogatory term and we're trying to talk about like someone who's like weak or you see it in Guy Ritchie films, like British gangster films, like you stupid, you know, yeah. you know, like they... <laughs> And they use it as a derogatory term, but it's actually incredibly powerful. And I hope in our AMAs and in our, you know, as we, in our geeky, in the geeky magics, we're going to start talking more about this Kundalini power, this like, you know, we call it internally like P power, right? We call it like yes. power. Uh, so I want to talk more. <laughs> it's out there. I just said it. <laughs> so I want to talk about more about this P power and actually how women can use it as a, as a, as like the manifesting, um, like the tool for manifesting. So I love it. Cause sometimes Gio's like, Dr. Stephanie, whatever you're doing right now, keep doing it because <laughs> you're working on your pea power and all these things are coming in. Yeah. We're just like becoming magnets and attracting all this stuff. He's like, you know what? He always comes to me and something like that happens after I've been meditating. He did it the other day. He was like, I don't know yeah. what you're doing, but within five minutes, these two things amazing. And I was literally in my office meditating and feeling that Kundalini energy moving around in me. And I was like, that's, that's pea power. So, um, <laughs> I love how from- much he respects our P power too. It's like part of our like business protocol now. It's like, okay, you go down there, you do that thing. That you, you do your do your P power thing, and then come back up here, and then we'll we'll figure it out. So now we've gone from four listeners to one. <laughs> <It's> like, <what? laughs> Don't worry, Betty. Now, we will teach you. We will teach you. We will teach you the ways. We will teach you the ways. Yeah. So I so Kegels to start, just like mm-hmm. if you were starting a new weight training program, you would start just using your body weight. But eventually, you want to be graduating to a jade egg, and you know Kimanami is the perfect example of this. Where she now she now threads things through the jade egg, and she will lift. She can lift ten pounds with her vagina, which is like that's like that's, that's super incredible. Betty status. Like that's yeah. yeah, that's that's pretty cool. Okay, yoni massage. 
Oh, that would be another one. That was another one that I wanted to, in terms of the, um, how you can like increase your vaginal health. So weightlifting, uh, Mm -hmm. self-pleasure, you know, one of the things that, so that's either you are doing this massage or your partner is, and the goal is not orgasm. It's just to actually figure out, you know, your anatomy a little bit. You're going to be, you're going to maybe like it on one side versus the other, you know, left top corner, right top, you know, like there's pressure, like harder, soft. Right, Mm -hmm. up and down in circles, or you like it to switch a lot. Um, You know, so that kind of, you know, like self exploration, I think is is really important. So that's another way that I would uh, be improving the health and well being of your vagina is to play with her. And when we think about you know, just, just anatomically, if we just like take away the fun of like what it feels like to play, you know, um, you have 8,000 nerve endings that go into the, that are in the clitoris and that that same nerve bundle opens up into the G spot. There's no reproductive function for your, Mm -hmm. your clitoris is not involved in reproducing in any way. No way. Uh, And this is when we contrast this with the penis, when we look at the glands penis, there's about 4,000 nerve endings um, that go typically to the tip and like kind of around the foreskin or whatever. But the, we have double the amount of Mm -hmm. um, nerve endings, like, and this is just like an anatomical justification that women are built for pleasure. So we are built for sexual pleasure, but we also can use that, that, anatomical advantage, I would call it, to bring other types of pleasure into your life. So Yoni massage. Yes. Make a date. Put it in your calendar, either Mm -hmm. with yourself or with your partner. But I know there's times where I'm like, oh, I'm a little irritable. Oh, I'm not. I'm kind of like bitchy. (laughs) And then you know what? You know what? I haven't done in a while. Yoni massage. So I think it's... um. It's like the instant antidepressant, you know, (laughs) you don't need, well, I won't say you don't need, but I I will say that it is uh, one of the things when we think about like playing self-pleasure and even climaxing helps with your PMS, helps with hormone balancing. Mm -hmm. There's a whole big chapter in the book where it's probably one of the longest chapters where I'm like, these are the different phases of climax. So these are the different ways that you can play and stay in certain areas of that to balance your hormones. Helps with mood, as you just said. You're like kind of feeling bitchy. I probably, probably gonna need to fix. You know, give myself a little quick fix there. You know, <laughs> so that you know it helps with mood. And then when we think about just vitals, like let's just be like clinicians for a mm. second. You know, mm-hmm. like your resting heart rate goes down, your blood pressure decreases, the area, uh, the amount of flow of blood to your brain increases. Your frontal lobe, we have more frontal lobe activation, which is actually what we want when we when we're thinking about aging and emotional regulation and planning for the future. That all happens when you are orgasming regularly. Um, so love that. Um, I did want your sacral. So it opens up your creativity and deepens your relationships. It's such a powerful area. You need to keep it activated and awake and, and just open. A minimum of once a week, Betty. Minimum. <laughs> keep that area open once a week. <laughs> a date with yourself or your partner. Um, it's so funny. The other day we were on a mastermind call. I joined one of Gio's calls and we had these, uh, sex, uh, experts that were talking and, um, (laughs) Gio, I wasn't, I didn't know he was going to say this, but he's like, yeah, me and Steph, we have like a three hour date every Saturday. And I was like, oh my God, you just said that. 
out loud to everyone. <laughs> so I put in the chat, I was like, so everyone's face was like <laughs> three hours. Cause they're like, you should schedule, schedule sex, put it in your calendar. She goes like, we only schedule three hours. <laughs> We have three hour yoni massage sex sessions Saturday mornings. So I was, so I think I put in the chat, I'm like, so if you text me on Saturday, I'm probably not going to get back to you. I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm having this crisis and I only hear from her on Sunday morning. Yeah, like, what's really? going on? Yeah. <laughs> But um, you know, but that makes it, but that's also like, I look forward to that because I know every Saturday, you know, we're going to have like a fun, you know, fun little romp. We're going to have like fun together. And so it's also good. so like, much time and it's like leisurely or not. I could, you know, there's just it's time. gourmet. It's gourmet sex. Mm-hmm. It's gourmet. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I just want to also bring up, because yes. this is something that I keep hearing a lot about vaginal steaming. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to come out and say, I don't really like you know, it's been, it's sort of touted as this, like, again, Gwyneth Paltrow, like, right. love you, GP. Like, I think you've done a great thing with your business, but really not a big fan of this either. So this is like boiling water near your hoo-ha and you sit down and what it's supposed to do, it's supposed to help with PMS. It's supposed to help with hormones. It's supposed to help with mood. It's supposed to help with all these things. Um, you find it now called V steaming or uh, Yoni steaming. Uh, you'll like, you know, and you have these high end spas that now like you kind of squat over this like, um, you know, wooden thing with like boiling water underneath. So there's no, I just want to, there's no evidence. And I'm not saying that lack of evidence, it's not lack, mm-hmm. it's not evidence of lack, but there are so many other ways to come to some of these like these touted benefits like PMS. We were just talking about you know self-pleasure. If you have right. PMS symptoms, there's nothing better than having an orgasm to help with your yeah. PMS symptoms, the cramping and the, and the distress and all that stuff, the, you know, the, the pain in the sacral, the sacral area. And there's boiling freaking water near your vagina. Like this is, you know, just as a common sensical thing, that seems like dangerous and I don't yeah. really want to burn my that I mean you guys know like that that tissue's soft it's gen, mm. it's tender you know I so I don't know I'm not a, I just wanted to say that there's really no evidence there's no studies um around the efficacy of what they're trying to claim um and the other thing too is like your vagina doesn't need to be steam cleaned. It's not a carpet, you know, like we were just talking about how it's a self-cleaning oven. You don't need to steam clean it. So, and, and, you know, when we think about bacteria, you know, bacteria will grow in hot, moist environments. So why don't you just steam your, you know, if you already are dealing with yeast infections or bacterial vaginosis and you're sitting over this thing, this boiling hot water, you're basically encouraging bacteria to find its way into some of all the little nooks and crannies um, in there. So uh, I'm not a super big fan of it. I know it's like a thing that keeps coming up, but um, yeah, not, not a fan on the vaginal steaming. Okay. This is so interesting. Penal effect on vaginal health. Mm. I say it has a good effect on vaginal health. <laughs> Overall, big fan, big big fan, big fan, big big Highly fan. <laughs> I, I like I like those things. Yeah, so um, I would say that. Um, I, so this is the way I like to look at, and we this was a discussion I had with Kim and Ami, and it really stuck with me. When so when we look at the vagina, it is basically 
you know, this big cauldron of emotions. So things can get trapped in the vagina. Mm. If you've had trauma in your past, whether it's sexual mm. or emotional mm. or, or any kind of trauma, it can, it can get uh, trapped in the vagina. Yeah. And one of the one of the ways we've been talking about this is like the yoni massage and like just playing and finding it where some areas are maybe tight or tender versus other areas. It's like kind of like you know, I like the I like the analogy of thinking about a rose bud and like slowly opening her up. There's going to be some areas where when you peel back the petal, it's going to be a little stiffer, right? So we want to be really gentle. Um with sort of finding these areas of tension in the vagina and mm-hmm. a, a penis, you know, can really, it's, I like to look as, at a penis as like a giant wand of light. It's like going into the area and shining a light on some of the areas that need some love and attention. And, you know, Kim talked about it in, you know, she said, you know, if a woman starts crying when you're, you know, when you're having sex, like don't stop, like fuck that out of her, you know? Yeah. And I was like, Oh my God. But I, I like that analogy. I mean, obviously you have to have the right partner and there needs to be yes, trust and yes, bonding. And like, yes. you have to be able to communicate that this is what's happening in, in sex. But I think that, uh, you know, a penis, I love to look at it as like this beautiful wand of light that can help al- alchemize some of the pain and, and transform some of that stuck energy into something more beautiful and into more of a powerful, like into pea power, yeah. right? So that's I think what- certain emotions, there's been times where I felt really sad and yet very turned on at the same time. And then you question whether like, oh, is it wrong that I'm turned on or that I want to have sex when I'm feeling sadness. But I actually think it's a really healthy, therapeutic way to work through those emotions. And if you have that partner and that love and that intimacy, why not work through those emotions with their penis? Yes, absolutely. That's yeah. why I'm a big fan. Like a big, <laughs> big fan of penises because they... And you know, when you have... Um, and this is assuming that you have a partner who you can talk about this with, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, if, if something's hurting, you know, you want to be able to say like, there's there's tightness here or, you know, this is what's coming up for me. Because sometimes there's, you know, emotions can come up during, you know, when you're in that intimate moment when he's like, you know, he's putting a piece of his body into your body, right? Like this is the ultimate surrender. So if something's coming up for you, you know, to be able to tell him like, this is what's coming up or like you just feel yourself coming overcome with emotion, you know, for him not to stop and for him to hold the space for you in order for you to continue to alchemize or to transmute, transform Mm what that, you know, that pain into, into power. Beautiful. Mm -hmm. Uh, So why are our vaginas numb? I found this question very interesting. This is such a good question. I think, um, kind of building on what we've been talking about this whole time, right? So we have, um, you know, chemical insults, like through the diet, we have lack of movement, lack of, um, you know, exercise in that area. And then we have emotional stuff that gets stuck in the vagina. And then we have for women, many women, you know, we have um, pregnancy where, you know, things kind of get you know, kind of big and puffy. We have the birth and then that can be depending on how it happens. Like I'm a big fan of midwives. I've had midwives, um, had midwives for both of my 
for both of my children. So like the follow-up and stuff was was just stellar. So I I love um the idea of just knowing that your vagina knows what to do. We don't need to cut the vagina in order to get the baby out, you know, all this kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So there can be all this kind of trauma, all this sort of physical and chemical and emotional trauma that the vagina holds. Yeah. And, you know, like we were, when I was saying, you know, I posted that thing about uh, being in the trampoline and people were like, oh my God, like I'd totally pee my pants if I did that. You know, that's what that's telling me is there's a lack of muscular integrity and neural input. Like the neural mm-hmm. connection that you have is not quite there yet. So I think all of those reasons can lead to numbness or desensitization, which of course, you know, you want to ha- you want to be able to feel that area during sex when you are trying to manifest when you're trying to cultivate um um you know, whatever it is that you want in your life. So I think that we're numb because we are told that it needs to look a certain way. It needs to be, you know, when we, when we think about this patriarchal sort of, um, uh, what's the word I want to use? It's like patriarchal, like Pressure. Pressure, Supp- yeah. Suppression, yeah. yeah. Of, of what it should look like and smell like and feel like and, you know, and how it should respond during sex. Like if you've ever watched a porno, you're like, bitch, please, that's not how it works, you know? <laughs> like, come on, you know? So... um I think that there's I think we we divorce ourselves. We 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 just move away from what it feels like to be fully integrated, to get into our hips, to feel yeah. what it feels like to be in our pelvis because we have so much shame and we have so much, you know, fear around what it truly means to be fully expressed. So um yeah, I, think I love when you say living above the throat or living above the neck. Maybe you just have you need to sink into your body and start talking like talking to her loving mm-hmm. her i talk to her every day i'm like hey girl <laughs> like we're going to have a great day today honey <laughs> but i think that that's really important because as someone who is who likes who finds a lot of comfort living you know in my head above the throat right it's really easy for me to ignore my body mm-hmm. so if i'm like every day like i have a little alarm that goes off on my phone that's like say hi so it's it's like hey girl we're going to have a good day today and sometimes i put my hand on there mm-hmm. and it's like you know we're going to like feel like i can feel the warmth i feel the and like yes. girls like if you put your hand in that air it can be over your clothes it doesn't have to be like skin on skin but there is some serious powerhouse like energy there yes. like do you feel the warmth mm-hmm. in between your legs mm-hmm. like oh my god so or oh my goddess you know like you just <laughs> there's so much there um and i can give you like all the science like you know the you know the ovaries have like a hundred thousand mitochondria uh, per cell versus, you know, a hepatocyte has like 2000, uh, myocyte in the heart has like 5,000, a hundred thousand. Like, wow. You no, know, there's, there's a lot of energy. There's a lot of powerhouse stuff going on in there. Yeah. So you got to harness that. Um, so I think that it's really, you know, a physical and an emotional and a chemical, um, disconnect. And that's mm-hmm. why our vaginas are numb. So like talking to her every day, Getting a hand mirror. I want to know. I want to know the Bettys who are going to get a hand mirror this week, and like playing with your Kegels to start with. You know the yoni massage, and then eventually graduating to to things that are more difficult. Like you gotta you gotta cultivate the the power that's in there, um, and help yeah. it, and help it move you towards you know what it is that you want. Yeah, and kind of notice. I I like to start noticing when she's more awake or when I feel that 
more power there. And when I'm creating art, that's one of the times where I'm like, mm. I can just feel the energy and the power power there so clearly. So look for those moments where you feel that pea power and then bring more of those moments into your life. Or Maybe the moon, it's certain- like the new moon and moon. full moon. Oh my gosh. Like it's like, yes. if, she, if she could talk, she'd be talking. You know, like, it was like, <laughs> this is what we're going to let go of. <laughs> <laughs> like we're just having a full-on conversation. It's me and my vagina and the full moon, right? It's like I'm like howling at the moon, and you know, me and her are having like a tea together. No, but it's like you, but you, like I feel like at certain times of the lunar cycle. Yep. I am much more in tune with my darkness. So for me, it's like the new moon, like all the stuff, all the stuff, like, you know, trauma comes up into my conscious awareness. Mm -hmm. And then in the full moon, I'm like super excited. Like I have so much energy and I want to create and I want to create and I want to create. Like that's what, you know, and that's all, that's all P power stuff. That's all, you know, that's part, part of it. It's like, it's not the only thing, but it's part of it. Okay. We're going to be moving on to hormones, but is there anything else you want to add into this vagina dialogue? This vagina, well played, Major. Well played. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, I think the only sort of lasting thought that I would leave, like to leave the one listener who's still listening Mm -hmm. in here is that I would really like to move towards removing the shame and the guilt that I think we have for being women. (laughs) Like, I think that there is this patriarchal kind of, you know, there's all sorts of disgusting and derogatory words around our anatomy. Um, And like, what are you going to call a guy if he's, you know, you call him a D, you call him a, like a, a, you know, the D-I-C-K, you call him that, right? But like for women, there's like C-U-N-T and there's all these other like gross words um, which when you actually look at their etiology, they used to actually mean something of power. But I just want to start moving towards this idea that being equal doesn't mean having a dick. You know, like being Mm -hmm. equal means understanding the power of our vaginas, understanding how our vaginas work. So what is normal when we have discharge? What is Where does that mean that we are in our cycle? Or when we have a normal discharge, how do we take care of it? And stop having the shame around whether it's menstruation, how the vagina works, how it smells, how it operates. Like, I think that there's so much fear and fear mongering that we have all integrated into our female psyche around what it means to be a woman. And we were talking, I haven't released this podcast episode yet. We were, I had a, I interviewed Dr. Christiane Northrup. Mm-hmm. And I remember I was texting you afterwards and I was like, this woman is a goddess. Like she is scientific and smart and she's feminine and soft. And she's just like the, she is the divine mother. And you said something that I thought was really important, which was there's a reason why our society um, edifies young women because yes. a woman like Christiane, who's fully embodied, she's dangerous to society because she's a free thinking woman. She's yes. in her body. She's in her P power. She says whatever the F she wants. And I think um, there's something really magical about there. She's, she's a magical human being. And I would love 
to create more Bettys um, who are not ashamed of their anatomy and who love their anatomy and who can bring that beauty to the bedroom, right? They can bring that beauty to their partner, to their lives. And to just like, you are the creators of life. You, you create life, you know, mm-hmm. like your vagina makes people. Yeah. And when you can use that energy whether you want to use it to create human life or you want to create mm-hmm. something else in your life, I think that that's um, I think that's really important. So that's and kind that of the a- power is there through every phase: perimenopause, menopause. That power is still there. Your vagina doesn't shut off. Your your female energy and power does not does not go away. It's still there. And yes, the more that I'm around, I'll just call them more lived women. Mm-hmm. I'm like wow, they know so much. There's so much wisdom. And that's when I started saying, why don't we, why don't we tap into this more? Yeah. And it's because there is so much power there and they're so wise. And yeah, that is why that fear is there. More to come on this, Bettys. Yes. <laughs> more to come. Okay. So what is your position on hormone replacement therapy, especially for um, asking women who want to look and feel younger? Oh, such a good question. Oh my goodness. Okay. So... I'm really looking to you to do all of this research because we're <laughs> we're getting there stuff. So <laughs> are we doing I... hormone replacement therapy or not? <laughs> are we doing HRT or not? Okay. So let's just break this down a little bit. So menopause, um, I hate the definition. It's a retroactive definition, which means that you can only technically be in menopause once you have not had your period for 12 months or longer. Mm. Now, menopause is... I think the springtime of the rest of your life. It is the, you know, it is the second half of your life that's happening here. And just like we were saying before, you know, you can either use your womb power, your big ovary energy to create humans, or you can create and manifest what it is that you want in your life. And this is why I am looking forward to menopause. I used to be like, oh my God, that's like when I'm going to be like washed up and like all this patriarchal bullshit around what it should be to be. Uh, in our men- in our menopausal years, but menopause is a mirror. Mm. It is the other half of adolescence. So it is, you know, you are going to begin to ask yourself, hopefully, and maybe before, or right around this time, I think it, it comes up for many women, what it is that I want to do with my life. How am I going to begin this new chapter in my life and actually work for me? Because for many women, for most of their lives, they have been raising little children. They have been serving you know, a boss or like in, in some job. They've been you know, helping their husband or their partner you know, and supporting them. They've been the friend to everyone. And now they're like, okay, I want to like, what am I going to do for me? How can I step into more of who I am? And this is why I thought your comment with Christiane was so poignant because she is someone who is fully in her power. And I mean, God knows how old she is. Who, who, who even cares? Like maybe she's 60 ish. Right. But, um, she knows what she wants to do. She's very outspoken on the topics, whether or not you agree with her, you know, mm-hmm. very outspoken on the topics that mean something to her. So mm-hmm. menopause, I want you to think about it, you know, as it from an emotional standpoint, as like stuff is going to come up for you that you haven't yet dealt with that you're going to have to work through. So that might mean um, that you have been neglecting your body through your diet. 
and you might experience hot flashes or you might experience weight gain or you might have a weight loss resistance. This is going to be a time for you to look at your diet and change it for your changing hormonal landscape. It might be that... Um, you know, you haven't been paying attention to your body. You've been living from the throat up as many of us have. And this is going to be a mirror for you to say, okay, this is the time that you need to start working on your body. You have been in your masculine. Now get into your feminine body, s'il vous plaît. Mm -hmm. Um, So that would be kind of like my emotional, maybe chemical definition of uh, of menopause. I love that. That chapter in the book was... I love the mindset shift of the way that you look at menopause because growing up, my mother and her friends ter- made me terrified of yeah. menopause. Yeah. And it was only talking about the symptoms and it was only complaining and it was getting the menopause books and my mother having like every single symptom in the book and me being like, oh, this sounds terrible. Why would I ever want to get older? All these horrible things happen to you. But the way you look at it, I'm like, Yes. Mm-hmm. It's just a new, the way the springtime of life. And I, I, I love that. I think it's so powerful for women. So I, and I hope that that, because re- I'm excited about it. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. I know, like, listen, this shop is closed for human producing. Like I'm not producing a, another baby. Mm-hmm. Um, Unless it's by accident, you know. So I'm, I'm not. I'm not. That's oh, that not... just made me so sad. I'm like, but I love your babies so much. I know. I love my babies too. They're so good. My little cuties today. Oh my goodness. My my ex husband uh, sent me um, a picture of him when he was seven last oh. night, and he's like, "Don't I look exactly like Sebi?" And I was like, "Okay, fine." Okay, fine. You are so cute when you were seven. Okay, fine. You guys look like twins, but he still looks like me. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Okay. So, um, but this is the thing that happens with menopause, right? A woman Mm -hmm. is going to be like, okay, I'm feeling more anxious. I'm Mm -hmm. now maybe I'm experiencing hot flashes. Uh, I can't sleep right. She's going to, you know, feel like generally she's more perturbed. She's going to go to her doctor and what is she going to walk out with? He's not going to ask her one effing question on her nutrition, on Mm -hmm. her diet, on her exercise, on her stress management. She's going to walk out with an SSRI or the pill for God's sakes. Right. Right. Yeah. And we've talked about, I've talked about the pill a lot on, I think is a, I'm just going to say it again. It's like chemical castration for women. And this is the problem with women's health is that we always are trying to split up a woman from her intuition. We chemically castrate her with the pill. We will put her on an SSRI. And there are, I mean, if you want to go back into the podcast, we've done an AMA on the pill. Mm-hmm. Um um, we, we I've interviewed uh, Jolene Brighton, who wrote the mm-hmm. book on birth control, post birth control syndrome. And when you think about the things that happen when you are on these uh, altering hormones, you know you're gonna, you know, when we think about metabolism and like appropriately attuning to your metabolic environment as you move into menopause, if you are on something like the pill, they've given you something um, for your menopausal symptoms without actually you know, doing any lifestyle interventions, you are going to be in a more pro-inflammatory state. That's what the pill does. It activates NF-kappa B. Um, it does all, you know, it does all these different um, things that are going to increase inflammation. It's going to deplete your CoQ10, which is an antioxidant. When we think about mitochondria and their ability to produce energy, you need CoQ10. You need, you need, you need CoQ10. Um, it's going to mess up your lipids. It's going to mess up your cholesterol. Um, 
you know, your antioxidants, A, C's, and E's, they all get gobbled up on the pill. Um, you know, you are actually more likely on the pill to become depressed. Um, uh, there's so many things. There's so many Mm -hmm. things. So I get, um, and even just sexual health, right? Like your, your libido, you have zero, like so many women go on the pill thinking like, Hey, I'm going to have all this sex and I don't have to work. No, you actually, your, your libido tanks, you don't have, um, you know, gobbles up your B vitamins. There's so many things that happen when you are on these, these metabolic altering drugs. So you may go in with like, Hey, I'm feeling a bit more anxious and you know, uh, getting these hot flashes and they'll put you on like an air quotes, low dose, um, of the pill. So, uh, I'm just going to, I need you to help me step off my soapbox. I got a little bit, a little bit high on, <laughs> I'm wearing heels. Would you mind helping me down from the soapbox? Okay, like, I, 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 I get bring you back down to hormone replacement oh, yes. therapy. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Okay. So for a woman, I have sort of a certain order of operations. Okay. So the first thing you probably um, figured out is going to be lifestyle. So we are going to have a carbohydrate appropriate diet. We're going to be eating protein because we want to be uh, synthesizing uh, muscles. So when we eat protein, a minimum of two two to 2.5 grams of leucine, which equates to about 20 to 25 grams of whey protein. Um, If you're vegetarian, that's going to be a little upwards, like call it 35 to 40 grams of like a soy or a rice protein. That's going to drive muscle protein synthesis. You need to build muscle in menopause. You need to work on the emotions, the things that are coming up for you. This is a time for you to do things like breath work and or meditation. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, getting into nature, you know, taking your feet, just like bare feet in the grass, let mother earth charge you up with her ions. Like this is what's called grounding, right? Mm. So ground with mother earth, um, move more, uh, I would say female specific supplements. So sometimes you can actually ameliorate most of this, most of the issues, like most of the hot, flashy, headachey, brain foggy energy stuff with supplements. So evening primrose oil, magnesium, uh, omega threes, zinc. I'll put all these in the show notes uh, for the ones that I I use. I mean, I'm in perimenopause, so I'm you know I'm I'm also taking these things uh, on the daily. Um, I also really love uh, taking a um, an, uh, an NAD precursor. So I take NR, which is nicotinamide riboside. I'll mm-hmm. put that in the show notes as well. Um, so those are kind of other things like our maca. Um, there's so many right. different things that we can be taking. Uh, Vitex. Uh, there's, there's, I mean, there's so many different uh, chase berries. Another, another word for it. So many things that will help. So those are like the natural thing, the natural route. If you were doing all those things and you're like, listen, I'm lifting weights. Yeah, I'm doing your steema diet. Um, I am taking the supplements that you recommended and I'm still feeling this way, then we can maybe move into bioidenticals. So bioidenticals, like the name suggests, are hormones that our body makes. So the the, the tricky bit around um, B, uh, bioidentical hormones is... Um, you have to often go to a compounding pharmacy um, for them to make it for you. But there's many, many types. So you can get um, estrogens, uh, whether that's in a, uh, a cream form, like a, you can put it on your skin. There's like suppositories. There's like vaginal cream that you can put on. Um, and those are actually um, 
you'll, you, you can actually get those from like pharmacy, like pharmacies, uh, pharmaceuticals will produce that. So they're not, it's, it's, an, it's, a, it's a hormone, but the way that the hormone is being delivered is patented by the pharmaceutical. So they can still, you can still get a bioidentical uh, in from a pharmacy, um, but it's just like the mechanism of delivery is what the pharma, pharma company has patented. Mm. Um, so for example, uh, estradiol is available as like estrace, uh, pills, estrace, vaginal cream, uh, transdermals, like there's Vivelle, um, Chimera is another one. So there's, there's all these different ones that you can buy pharmaceutical from a pharmaceutical. And these are always like, if you can get these to work, this is, you know, again, the most natural, the hormone is going to look like your hormone because it is a human hormone. Um, If you are, if you've done that and you're like, still not happening, like still, you know, then I would, then I would consider um, HRT and HRT hormone replacement therapy gets a super bad rap. There's so much yeah. confusion. Um, I think I'm going to do a geeky magic on mm-hmm. the Women's Health it's, Initiative. Mm-hmm. But this damn study, like if there was ever a botch job, this, this, was this, this, is, a, this is a template for how to botch a study. Because what they did was they gave the same dose. So they gave, um, they gave Premarin, which is uh, pregnant mare urine. That's where they get the word Premarin. Um, they gave the same dose to every woman, irrespective of her size, irrespective of her past history. Um, and the, I mean, God, like the study population, like just briefly, like the study population, the mean average age was 63. That's not when women go into menopause. Women go into menopause about 10 years earlier than that. Uh, and, yeah. you know, when we're talking about HRT, you should start it around the time of menopause. 70% of the people in the study were overweight. 34% were obese. 40% were smokers. Many of them had heart, like high blood pressure already. They were already the picture of cardiovascular disease, obesity, smoking, and high blood pressure. This is the makings of CBD. So of course, what they found was there was an increased incidence in the first year of some sort of cardiovascular incident. Well, duh, like even without the HRT, that was probably going to happen because of the population you were studying. So, you know, I, we, I'm going to, I'm going to decimate that that study (laughs) in another, in another talk, but needless to say, um, there, I mean, there. I'm not saying that HRT is not without risk. It, there are risks, and one of them is having cardiovascular incidents. But it appears to be that that is in within the first year of taking it, your your risk slightly elevates, and then it comes back down um, to normal. So that would also be my last choice, right? So I have, I'm working out, I'm eating appropriately. I'm working on my stress. I am now taking supplementation that's going to help. I have tried bioidenticals and then, and only then am I going to work on Mm -hmm. an artificial, um, I'm going to take, um, HRT, but you you can't, the other thing is you can't really deny whether it's a bioidentical or, um, or a synthetic hormone, that estrogen does really good things for the body. It does good things for our brain. It does good things for our bones. Um, it, it, there's so many benefits to it. And I think that HRT and BHR, there's so much controversy and people are like, well, it's like anti-feminine to take it. Like you should just accept what it is. And it's like, listen, 
we're talking about longevity. You know, women, you know, when we're talking about what used to happen is women would die in their 40s, right? Because like we're now no longer reproductively, you know, we look at it from an from an evolutionary standpoint. We're no longer reproductively uh, useful. So we would just die off, right? I mean, the mean average used to like, you know, guys would die off in their 30s and 40s and so would women. So we're now living into our 70s and 80s and our 90s. It's completely asinine to think that you're not going to try and take something that's going to help you live a better quality of life for now. What is the, you know, doubling what that age life expectancy Mm -hmm. used to be. So I'm all for interventions. Um, you know, whether that's supplement lifestyle based, or if you can't find, if you can't get the lifestyle and the natural stuff to work to, to move into more, uh, like to move into something like an HRT. So that's sort of my, that's, that's sort of my, my spiel on it. And just a very simple, uh, how long does menopause usually last for, for most women? Oh, it can, you know, we're often told it's like two years. There's been women who've experienced like hot flashes and the symptoms of hot flashes for like 10, 12, 15, 20 years. Like you can, you know, depending on the woman and kind of what she's bringing into that time, you know, with her metabolic health, her body composition, her stress levels, you can completely have a very long tea. Like you can have a very long uh, time where you are experiencing these symptoms. So I think that it's also important that we start changing the conversation with our allopathic allies, right? With our medical mm-hmm. doctors around how we want to feel, right? It's not right. about getting the SSRI or getting the pill or whatever. It's about, I actually want to feel really good in my 50s. So I'm making all these changes because I'm listening to podcasts like this, where we talk mm-hmm. about how to naturally change and up level. But you can also pair that with other things that maybe are a bit more aggressive. I love that. And just educating women even before they get to that stage so they can start to think about what what is right for me? What are things that I would like to try? How am I going to feel? Like just more education on those types of interventions. Yeah. Man. <laughs> this is great. I'm at the end of my <laughs> scroll. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the questions that we, there was um, a question that came in on energy Mm. and I think that that actually deserves its own episode. So you have, as you were saying, you became a Reiki master. I think it would be so useful to the Bettys if we did, you know, even like a, it can be an AMA or I'm just going to interview you on all the Reiki, all the energy, all the manifestation yeah, And we can bring back the vagina talk, but maybe in energetic terms, we can talk yes. about how we can manifest and how we can actually use our bodies to be conduits to bring in what it is that we want. Oh, I'd love that. Right now I'm doing a major organ meditation detox. So our major organs store emotions. So I'm going through liver, heart, stomach, kidneys, um, and each of them store an emotion. So I would love, love, love to discuss like what I've been experiencing, like how I've been releasing those trapped emotions, energy work, the commitment to enlightenment, all of that. I'm, I'm happy to come on and discuss with you. Let's do it. Yes. Let's do it. And you can leave a little, that's our little cliffhanger yeah. <laughs> for the next time. Because we would have, the next time we come back together, uh, you would have completed most of it, I think. So you can, you can yeah. start speaking on, on um, your experience with it. And then you can also help the Bettys with our own energy work. Amazing. I'd love to. All right. All right. Well, let's thanks wrap this saying, up. Yeah. Thanks We're, for spending the time with me. 
I can't wait to hear what the Bettys think of this episode and um, just love your vaginas. Yeah, that's that's it. We could have just started with that. Just let's just love up all over our vaginas. We they're incredible, incredible pieces of equipment that we all own. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. For those of you who want to continue on this week's geeky magic carpet ride with me, visit bettershow.co forward slash show notes. You'll find research, links, summary notes, musings that I prepared in preparation for the podcast. And I often throw in some of my best practices, bonuses, and links. All the juicy bits are in there for you. And now for the obligatory legal and medical disclaimer. This podcast is for general information only, and the advice recommendations we discuss do not replace medicine, chiropractic, or any other primary healthcare provider's advice, treatment, or care. In the consumption of this podcast, there is no doctor-patient relationship formed, and the use and implementation of the information discussed are at the sole discretion of the listener. The information and opinions shared on this podcast are not intended to be a substitute for primary care, diagnosis, or treatment. This episode is brought to you by yours truly, Dr. Stephanie Asima, and Leverage. Leverage handles all production, creates the images that you see on my social media, and takes out all my awkward pauses. They are my secret magic bullet. You can visit them at getleverage.com forward slash better.